Oh, hi. Uh, didn't see you there. Oh. Oh, this is awkward. Um, so, there's no intro for this episode, uh, so we're just going to have to simulate that. Okay? Alright, good. Welcome to the Game the System podcast episode number 43, a podcast about people that play retro modern arcade pinball board games and everything else. My name is Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. How are we? Good. Good. Excellent. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to, Mark? Uh, for me, yeah, I bought Mortal Kombat 11. I still haven't played it. Right. Passing on that, I've got a couple of major pinball competitions coming up. Um, mm-hmm. The Southern Hemisphere Pinball Championships. Actually, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like that. Um, that's happening in July? A few weeks. Mm-hmm. Three, four weeks? Is it? I thought it was June. Is it June? Mm. We're in May. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's late June. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm doing that. Mm. That's going to be a big competition. I've also got um, Brisbane Masters in August. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, what I usually do before a major pinball competition is get in some practice. Mm -hmm. So, I force myself to get in a routine of getting home from work, do my usual exercise, then going out into the garage and play some pinball. Mm-hmm. And I try and make that uh, half an hour's worth of pinball mm-hmm. just for every day for about a month before mm-hmm. a major competition. Just because, mm-hmm. and I've also said this before, I'm not invested in competition anymore, but I also just don't want to embarrass myself. I mean, you don't want to go to one of these big competitions and look like you've never played pinball before, which mm-hmm. is actually kind of really easy to do in mm-hmm. pinball. Mm-hmm. Because pinball is such a... There's a big luck element Mm. as well as skill. But a lot of people know that though, right? Too, like sometimes you just go and just have really crappy luck. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe you, you know, do kind of crack under the pressure a bit. And it happens to everyone, I think. Yeah, that's right. You can never... When someone has a shitty game, you can never judge that person. Yeah. You know, you can never be like, oh, he must be terrible. Because then... You know, you play with them again and they just blow something up and you're like, oh, he wasn't as bad as I thought yeah. he was. That happens a lot. Yeah, and I that's think. the reality and people understand that. Mm. But at the same time, if you put in the practice, mm. you can tip the balance towards more chances of playing well mm. compared mm. to chances of not playing well. Mm. Mm. So, like I said, I, I don't particularly care about doing great in mm-hmm. a tournament anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also just don't want to look like, you know, I shouldn't even be there. Mm, mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I have started to do that again, but to be honest, I let that drop away in the last couple of weeks. I haven't been playing uh, mm. since, but for a while there, and in fact, it was only three days now that I look at these stats, I was playing every day for about 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought as something different, I'd actually record the scores as I'm going along mm. just to have something to refer back to to see if I'm improving or 
something like that. I don't know. Um, so, yes, I launched into playing The Walking Dead. I just thought I'd concentrate on The Walking Dead because it's such a brutally hard game. Um, I'd stick with that, and it's a modern game. Mm-hmm. It's fast, all that kind of stuff. First night, I walked up, pressed the start button, played a game. Score I got was 425,881,490. Wow. That's a pretty good game. Yeah. Matt, you're looking at... (laughs) Matt's looking at the scores. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, like, I mean, I know you said 400 million. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was a pretty good game. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I often walk away from that machine with less than 10 million. Yeah. Which is terrible, but... It's kind of normal. If I can get to, like, 40 million, that's a significant, like, score. Yeah. It's not good, but, I mean, depends on how good you are. But the game is brutal. Yeah. It's very, very hard. Yeah. And like, like yeah. you said, the the average, maybe not the average game, but it's not unusual to get less than 10 million points. Mm. Um, so that was kind of a, you know, I walked up to the game, I put up this massive score. Mm. That's kind of, again, coming down to the luck element. Do you remember how long that game lasted for? It was almost 15 minutes. 15? Yeah. It was a long time. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was a good start. Mm. But then second game on that same night, 80,214,602, probably 620, but anyway, (laughs) a lot less. Um, and that's when I called it. So that wasn't a bad start. I mean, my best score on that machine is 690. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing okay. Uh, second night. First game, 12,793,000. That's a bit more like a normal score. Hmm. Second game, (laughs) 10,602,000. See, this is when you start going, oh, yeah, I'm not actually as good as I think I am. I'm actually kind of shit. Third game, 520,047,000. So that one went a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, night three, one hundred and eighty-eight million six hundred and forty-four thousand. Another pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, second game, ninety-six million nine hundred and six thousand. And then the third game, because I threw in a third game, three hundred and twenty-one million eight hundred thousand. So I've been tracking. I don't know. I've had some bad games, but I've been tracking okay. Mm-hmm. Tracking okay. And I thought I'd just do this, like I said. Because um, uh, Pat Nichols, you know, he's a friend of ours and he tracks a lot mm. of these things in spreadsheets mm-hmm. and looks mm-hmm. at the stats and sees mm-hmm. how he's performing against certain things, mm-hmm. what modes are giving him the most amount of points and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I thought I'd give it a try for the first time ever just to see if I'm improving what, I don't know, is there any point in trying to do these 30-minute games after every day? Yep. But... I think the actual point of the whole thing is doing it consistently, mm. whereas I haven't done it for a week now because mm. I sort of gave up. Mm. So, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was an interesting exercise, and I've, yeah, I've been doing some okay scores. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to start that up again very soon because obviously we're up to a probably less than a month away from that mm-hmm. big tournament. Are you just playing The Walking Dead? Yeah, just The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. 
it's the hardest game I've got. So mm. it's the one that I'm, I think is worth investing some time into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was something I've been doing recently. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, the more you can play, the better really. And I think that there's also, you can also say that about playing in competition as well. Like mm. the more you play in competition, oh, absolutely. because I think it, things, it gets you used to the pressure of playing in competition. Yeah. Um, because that is such a big factor. Uh, but there's definitely some really um, muscle memory stuff involved in playing. And, and I think that's why sometimes it can work against you if you're playing a game that you own at home in a comp mm-hmm. and it behaves slightly differently to what you're used to. Yeah. Uh, can really play havoc on you in that way. Yeah, and also um, in competition, you're often playing a ball and then the next person steps up and you're sitting back for 10 minutes yep. and waiting. Mm. So it's a, it's a different environment mm. for sure. Definitely. So playing in competition is the absolute best way to get better. Mm. But in the absence of that, I mean, what can you do mm. other than just play pinball? Yep. Mm. Um, and Mark in the chat just mentioned uh, he thought I gave up on competing, and I kind of have. Uh, however, uh, this pinball competition that's coming up, I wasn't going to go to it, but Matthew Venables, friend of ours, friend of Mark's and mine, and of all of ours here, um, mm. he asked me if I wanted to go along, and I said, uh, kind of don't really care. Mm. And uh, he said it'll be a lot of fun and said, you know, why don't you come along? And I said, well, look, if you want to sign me up, I'll go along. So Mm -hmm. he signed me up. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why I'm going along to that competition. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not really so fussed Mm. on competing anymore. Mm -hmm. But Brisbane Masters coming up in August, that's a different thing because that's a... That's a big event. Mm. It's a it's a thing you go to when you catch up with a lot of friends. Yep. It's very ca- well, it's not really very casual. It's the the competition is serious, but the people you're hanging out with is casual and fun and mm-hmm. social. Mm-hmm. Um so that's something I really look forward to and mm. something I probably wouldn't miss so, any year. So mm. Yeah. Well, I was just think wondering like Maybe the fact that you're less invested will make it more fun to mm. go along and just be part of the competition and not worry so much about finishing yeah. at a certain spot, yeah. just playing yeah. and enjoying. Because you can play comps that way. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be like super high pressure or anything like that. Yeah. Mm. So, anything else happening with you, John? Um, so, apart from Mortal Kombat, I've pretty much just been working on my speed running of 
Streets of Rage 2. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Um, it's going pretty good, I think. Uh, so my goal at the moment is to get onto the scoreboard in... It was position 6, but I think it's changed now because someone else has submitted a score. Um, which... How would that work? I think they pushed... Uh, I have to look at it, actually. But, um, yeah, I think it's position 6 anyway. So the top top 10 scores... Uh, or there's a big gap between like six and seven, I believe, mm. or maybe it's five and six. I can't remember. Anyway, but uh, I, it we jumped from like 21 minutes 19. That's my goal, and then the next fastest was like 24 minutes. Right. I can already do it faster than that. Right. But I feel like 24 minutes isn't really someone who's that serious about trying to speed run the game. They're just like playing the game and finishing it and going, "Yep, there's my speed run." Right. <laughs> hmm. Um. Yeah, so I've been trying to get to 21 minutes. I think my best so far is just under 23 minutes. It's like 22.50 something. Hmm. Um, but my the sum of my best segments, which is something you can do on the split time yep. uh, app, um, is under 21 minutes. It's like 20 minutes. and That's the total of your best split times. Yeah. 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 So if I had my best run ever, according to my splits, I would be under 21 minutes. Mm. Um, I think it was like 21 minutes and 20... Oh, sorry, 20 minutes and 20-something seconds. So it's like well under uh, my goal at the moment, which is 21 and 19 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will get me, I think, fifth position or sixth position. I can't remember. Anyway, but yeah, that's the goal at the moment. I'm not going for like the world record speed... Uh, the world record is 18 minutes something at the moment and it's held by a French guy and he made a comment on the forums that are on speedrun.net is it com. .net? com? Yeah, .com speedrun.com that was something along the lines of uh, there's no there's no speedrunners for Streets of Rage and I think that what he means is that no one's really seriously trying to route the game properly and really right. seriously trying to speed run it the fastest they possibly can. Right. I think this kind of links into what you were saying in your philosophy about speed running, which is you should do it in the way that is the fastest possible way. And so that means for this game, very easy, you know, doing it on very easy difficulty, mm. which it seems like a lot of the prominent people in the community aren't doing that. Um, there's what's two... what's the difficulty that they mostly play then? Well, uh, put to put it this way, there's two people that have done the speed run on at GDQ, and one guy did it. His name's Gale Dog. He did it on normal difficulty, and I think his best time is like 24 something on normal difficulty. Right. which was the world record for a while, but I don't believe it is now. I think someone's beaten that, but not by much. Mm. Um, then the other guy is... Um, oh, his name's escaping me now. But anyway, he focuses more on Mania, mm-hmm. the hardest difficulty in the game. Right. Um, so he did a Mania speed run, and he's also more recently been focusing on like a no-death Mania finish, so not, not fast. 
mm. just finishing it, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very difficult. <laughs> right. The AI is really super cheap on Mania, um, so it's not easy. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't seem like people are focusing very much on really trying to finish it as fast as possible, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure why. I was really surprised to see that there doesn't seem to be a big community trying to speed run this game because it's a really popular game. Probably one of the most popular games on Mega Drive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if it's because maybe they're not finding glitches or... But it doesn't seem like people are really trying to. And I think that's what that French guy was trying to say. Like, Hmm. uh, I don't think he was trying to be rude or anything. I think he was just trying to say, like, no one's really trying to do this. Yeah. And I've got the feeling... I've watched his speed run which is the world record, the 18-minute one. And I don't think that it's the best he can do either. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's just put a time that's the fastest and no one's beat it. I feel like if someone beats it, he's going to go, oh, here's my video, almost like the Billy Mitchell thing. (laughs) Like, here's my video that's better than that. Now now I've got it again, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is... I think it's actually not a bad thing to do because it's almost like encouraging people to try and beat his speed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. this is like wild speculation. I don't know that. It's this unlike is actually... us to do wild speculation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So even looking at his video, I mean, I'm way far away from 18 minutes and I'm getting to the point where I'm really starting to have to practice to try and shave off the time. Mm. Um, but I feel like I could potentially get there. Mm. But at the moment, the goal is just that 21 minutes, 19 seconds. Yeah. So I've only just got to a point where I'm starting to like use save states to practice bosses. I didn't do that before. And um, just getting better at execution of all the kind of, you know, AI setups that you mm. can use to kill them faster. I found a way to kill the first jet boss really quickly. Mm. Um, is this a new thing or is it something you saw someone else do? I haven't or? seen anyone do it. I, I okay. haven't really looked a lot at what other people are doing, but I found that I just went to the top point in the level. It's that level that's like the like in, you're on the top of a building, but it's like a construction yard. Yeah. Um, so when you go, it's after the truck. If you know the game well, you might know what I'm talking about. I think it's the second level boss, second stage boss. Anyway, the first jet guy. And they're really annoying because they don't come close to you, really. Uh, so the fastest way, in, in in very easy, you only need to hit him three times with like a jump, neutral jump attack. Um, but I found a faster way to beat him, which is to go to the very top of the screen, the level, and just keep sliding towards the edge as you as the screen is scrolling. And you'll hit him with your slide. And then as soon as I hit him with my slide, I use my forward special because that does a decent amount of damage. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you get to the furthest point to the right, you hit him with the slide and you basically just wait till the slide hits and then forward A and that kills him and that's the end of the level. (laughs) Yeah, so it's much faster than trying to set him up to charge you because that's the next fastest way I could figure out. Mm. Yeah. so, yeah, that's the way I figured out. But I have to integrate that into, like, a whole playthrough. Hmm. So, 
so yeah um finding little things like that make the game a lot lot faster mm. if i can do that with other bosses too which i think i can if you look actually at the world record score he kills the last two bosses so quickly mm. it's ridiculous like yeah i think he actually uses a combo on on the gun guy I forget his name do you know his name mr, mr. x yeah uh. yeah so yes it's progressing i'm not streaming all of my gameplay because sometimes i just want to come and play for a bit yeah um but i have been streaming it every now and again and uh yeah twitch.tv slash wago h-w-a-y-g-o yep yep that's it Mm. (laughs) and that's pretty much i have played a few other little games but that's really mostly what i've been doing besides mortal kombat Mm. yeah cool I'm going to grab a beer. Okay. Cool. Okay. got the splinter cell to do the soft mod on xbox oh yeah <laughs> yeah have you seen looked at that at all or how did how did yeah. I, i've i'm sure i've been told how it works but um i think you, you, you need you copy save game onto a memory card yeah and just load it off the yeah yeah see but you need a special cable it's like a cable that is so there's the memory card slot in the controller or is it no? Yeah, it's a cable that goes from the controller port to USB, so you can put a USB flash uh-huh. uh, memory and plug it straight into a controller oh, port. So you don't need a real memory card. No. Okay. And then basically you load up, so you put the save on the memory card, and then you load the game and load the save game from the memory card, and then it loads into like one of the. Um, I guess it flashes the 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 rom chip or whatever what kind of chip is it hard drive is the hard drive yeah. doesn't it have a um boot chip or something that it needs to flash i thought i thought they were all just roms yeah. uh maybe but uh, i mean i thought all the stuff was on the dashboards on the hard drive yeah um but you need to um you need to mo- like have I don't know. My old one, I had a mod chip and you could activate it by holding... When you switch it on, you hold down the power button to activate the mod chip. If you didn't, if you just press the power button, it loads the normal chip, like the normal boot sequence. And I'd pointed by default the boot sequence to the dashboard app. Um, And so it would try to load that, but because it wasn't a legitimate Xbox um, software it would stop it from loading and he'd get the screen that said, send it, send this in for warranty repair because <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> and I remember when I sold it, which I regret so much now, I sold my original Xbox, which had the mod chip and like all these games on it, and my GameCube and like all the GameCube games that I had. <sighs> yes. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sell stuff. <laughs> yeah, I regret that so much. I mean, I I never played them. I, they were just in the cupboard and Brianna was like, why do you have them? <laughs> and I guess she wore me down after a while and I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't play them. And I traded them in at a shop uh, for a board game, actually. And oh, I remember being so surprised. Game. Yeah, I was so surprised with the amount of credit that I got from them as well. Because, you know, EB would give you nothing, but it was like an independent game store that did retro stuff. Right. And when she told me, I was like, wow, that's cool. But it was like four controllers for um, GameCube and all these games and, yeah. Oh. Ben Benassik's offering you an Xbox. I've got an Xbox. Why do I want another one? I have one which is modded. I don't want to sell in the store. It's yours if you want it. Seriously? Cool. I mean, I'm not going to say no. Really? Okay. De- definitely not going to say no. A deal has been made live. Yeah. He didn't say how much it was going to be. Oh. $800. Is he intending to... No, yeah, I think he was implying that he would give it to me for nothing. Free? Which doesn't make much sense. What is this? Yeah, I know. Charity? Mm. Yeah. Can I have a Mega Drive instead? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, anyone want a 360? (laughs) I'll have a 360. Is it modded? I have 20. (laughs) (laughs) Are they all red ringed? Hold on to them till they're... Retro? <laughs> that seems like something you should they do. They all work. It's funny. Wow. I thought about like holding on to stuff that's modern or relatively modern now until it's like, like I've got Halo and stuff there. And I'm like, if I just hold on to that for ages, is that going to be worth something? <laughs> Isn't Halo going to be like, you know, the, you know, the Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, it's going to mm, be the next thing. Everybody's got it. Yeah. Right, yeah, so, okay, so, okay, that's a bad example. Something that's, like, less common. Okay, what about, um, maybe not that. So, you're seeing it here live, <laughs> uh, folks, in the chat, in Discord. Ben Benassi is giving stuff away. What else is he giving away? The Discord, you need to be here, because this is happening right now. Oh, he's giving away Xbox 360s. He is, and an Xbox, apparently. Ben's a very nice guy. <laughs> He's a wonderful human being. He gave me, for my birthday, can you guess what game? Oh, you guys know anyway. Already. Yes, we do. It was signed. <laughs> Actually, it was signed by the world record holder for that I know. very game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which you only learned today. Columns. <laughs> that he's the world record holder. Is he the world record holder for PAL? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you see this, Ben? <laughs> John pays no attention <laughs> to your achievements in life. <laughs> he does not care. <laughs> and yet you're giving him an Xbox for free. <laughs> Is I'm this not, really deserved? Xbox. Is this what's happening right now? It seems so unlike him not to do research. <laughs> well, that's true. You'll give me a beer too. Oh my god, this guy. What's happening? Oh, poured in the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Wow. But it's what you deserve. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Indeed. Mm. 
I only have 15 minutes left. Alrighty. Um, Fair enough. I know. Life has to continue Mm. in some manner of speaking. It's like what Ian Malcolm said. What did Ian Malcolm say? He said, life finds a way. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes, he he did say that. (laughs) Yes. Life finds a way. Mm. Uh, Mm. I can talk about something else I've been doing. Yeah. So I received my Sanwa joystick and Sanwa buttons. Oh, yeah. That I ordered from the USA. Mm. Uh, I was very excited to receive these Mm -hmm. um, because... As I've talked about many times, I've been running Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. I've been getting really frustrated with the MCA, Australian MCA stick and buttons that I've been using. Mm-hmm. The MCA stick has been sticking, which mm-hmm. is apt. Mm. And the buttons have felt very spongy. Mm-hmm. Um, and apologies if I sound nasally right now. I'm My cold is coming back. Mm-hmm. It's late at night, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, so they arrived, and I was very excited to throw them into my cab. Um, the joystick was very straightforward mm-hmm. as far as putting the Sanwa stick in mm-hmm. is concerned, but removing the MCA stick is another matter entirely mm-hmm. because you don't just push a MCA stick into the hole in the control panel and screw it in, mm-hmm. or at least on my control panel. Um, you have to completely dismantle the joystick because the the knob on the end of the stick is too big to go through the hole. Mm. So you have to... You can't just take the knob off. No, the knob it's doesn't come piece. off on an MCA stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have to unscrew all the various gates and grommets and pull off the, the C, C clips. Uh, is that what they call them? Maybe. <laughs> They're really annoying to remove. Mm. I don't know if you know what a C-clip is, but it's basically a it's a piece of metal shaped in a C, yeah. hence why they call it a C-clip. I think mm. some people also call it an E-clip because it's got an also little metal bit in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's a piece of metal that when you push it onto a circular thing, it clamps onto it. Mm. To pull it off again, really difficult. Right. It's really hard. <laughs> you get some pliers, you grab hold of one end, you push with the other mm. thing on the other side and you try and pull it away. It goes ping, 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 ping on the floor. <laughs> yes, that happened. <laughs> but also a lot of the times the, the pliers don't grab it properly and you end up pulling away and taking off some skin in various places. Um, Take off some of your joystick. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want that to happen. No. This is, this is all for a knob. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's life generally, isn't yeah. it? It's all for a knob. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I eventually or got that MCA stick out. As we talked about in the past. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, and I got that MCA, uh, I got the Sanwa stick in mm-hmm. and it felt fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was over the moon with how this Sanwa stick feels. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, it, it Also, to switch it from eight-way to four-way... Uh, was very, very simple. You just sort of pull the plastic clip out a little bit, mm. twist it around and bang, you're in four-way, mm. which is like completely different to any other joystick. I mean, a lot of other, well, the MCA sticks, for example, you have to unscrew the plate, turn mm-hmm. it around and then screw it back in again. Mm-hmm. This is just a simple pop-out, turn, 
pop it back in. Mm. Um, and playing it, it feels very... Um, it feels mechanical. It, it feels like it gives you a lot of good feedback about mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like a, a gear shift in a car mm-hmm. where you can feel where you're pushing the mm. stick. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the stick felt absolutely fantastic. I was really pleased with that. Mm-hmm. The buttons, Samwell buttons, were a different story altogether. Um, they're 30 millimeter. I think, Australian control panels are 28 millimeter holes. Mm. So, I couldn't get these buttons into the holes. Mm. Again, we're That's going annoying. back to knobs and, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I had to go to... Well, at first, I took some advice from the fantastic people in the Discord channel. Mm. And we haven't spruiked the Discord channel enough. Mm. Mm. Um, There's people that actually know what they're talking about. I know, unlike us. Mm. We're just making it up as we go along. Mm. But these guys know what they're talking about. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they were talking about, you know, what what you can do as in regards to drill bits and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the LAI control panel that I have on this cab is metal. So mm. it's a little bit harder than if it was just a wooden control panel. Um, yeah, went to Bunnings, bought some stuff. The thing that was the ultimate piece of equipment that I needed, which was really good, was a drill bit that is basically a file. Mm. Chuck it on the end of a drill. You move around the hole a little bit. This is getting a little bit wrong. But, <laughs> and, yeah, you just make it a little bit larger. And it's all good. You have metal filings all over the place. Did you just do that but free hand or? Yeah. Oh. And yeah, it, it was fine. came out round? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty that good. It was all good. I was very pleased with that. And the buttons went in all good. Um, I'm a little less sold on how the buttons feel. To be honest, I mean, are those buttons the same as the Dreamcast ones? Uh, what do the Dreamcast ones look like? Mm. And when you say Dreamcast, you're not talking about the con- the controller. No, I'm talking about the arcade stick. Right. John's reaching behind him, pulling out a thing with a knob <laughs> on the end. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That feels like a Samwise stick. I'm not going to say it is because there's mm. lots of fakes out there. Yeah. Yeah, similar because the stick, and this isn't going to pick up in the microphone, but the stick feels, uh, you can even hear it. It feels like it's giving you some really good feedback about mm. what you're doing. Mm. The buttons just feel very plasticky. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and I think I will get used to it over time. They're much more sensitive, which is good. But, yeah, different. Do you want to feel it, Matt? Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. Do you want to feel my I'll knob? Reach over and touch your buttons. <laughs> you really know how to press my buttons. Mm. Oh, why, why, yeah. I thought, since this is so clicky, why mm. aren't these clicky? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just totally different. Oh. It's like the joystick is so... It, it gives you so much feedback, the buttons oh. don't give you any feedback. Yeah, that one's sticky. This start button's not very good. Yeah. Right. That's been in places. That's, that's how you, you turn it on? Exactly. 
No? What? All the all the innuendo. Oh. Ben's still giving away stuff in the chat. What else is it giving away? So people need to get into the Discord chat. Mm. Obviously. The generosity is off the chain. I know. But yeah, so the buttons I'm not so sold on. I think I will get used to it though. I've done a couple of runs on Ghouls and Ghosts with the whole Sanwa setup buttons and joystick. I'm still getting used to them. So the throw on the stick is is much further than a MCA stick. Mm-hmm. So th- my timing's a little bit off. Yeah. Um, the buttons are much more sensitive, which is good because mm-hmm. I was having trouble with the MCA buttons being very spongy and not mm-hmm. so responsive. Mm-hmm. But that's going to take a little bit of time to get used to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think it's good. Mm. I'm liking it and I'm feeling a lot more confident mm-hmm. with the controls in general. Mm-hmm. So, very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. We'll see how that goes over time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's probably just a matter of getting used to them. Uh, yeah. I find the that Japanese-style joystick really... It does feel so different. Um, yeah. There's just so much more. It just feels looser and like you have to travel more distance to yeah. get the direction you want. Yeah. And especially if you grow up with MCA sticks like I did where it's very stiff, but you don't have to move very far yep. to, to actuate the micro switches. Yeah. So you get used to that. Mm. You get used to... Uh, manhandling it to move very short mm. distances whereas yep. with the sandwar it's very loose um you don't need to put much force in at right. all but at the same time you need to push it further mm. so it's it is very different mm. Mm. yeah it's cool mm. ben says heh loose <laughs> <laughs> carrying on the euphemisms oh yeah Indeed, Lucy Goosey. And lastly, just very quickly, uh, I also got in the mail uh, my Ultimate 64 that Mm. arrived. That was something I ordered probably eight months ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is a single guy, or maybe he's married, who knows, but a guy (laughs) in Germany, you got what I said there, um, who makes these boards himself. (laughs) Uh, It's basically an FPGA 64, Commodore 64. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the floppy drive internal chips on there as well. So it's not, it's kind of emulating the floppy drive, but it's not emulating because it's using actual hardware. Yep. But it, it runs disk images through a USB interface through these chips. Yep. So the Commodore 64 thinks it's an actual disk drive. Yep. Um, it's got USB ports. It's got a network RJ45 port. Mm. It's got HDMI, so you can just plug it into any modern TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got sockets for two SID chips, 
Um, so you can chuck in two different ones. You can chuck in two of the same and run them in stereo mode and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that arrived. It's just a motherboard. So obviously you have to sacrifice an actual C64 to put it inside. Mm-hmm. I have got a few Commodore 64s. Mm-hmm. So I sacrificed a bread bin C64, um, pulled out the motherboard, chucked in the U64, also removed the 6581 SID chip off the motherboard from the bread bin C64, mm-hmm. put it in the Ultimate 64, um, then I also pilfered a 8580, which is the later revision of the SID chip um, from a Commodore 64C that was signed by Rob Hubbard and Ben Daglish. So a bit of a, you know, I don't know, someone could probably get upset for me <laughs> ripping out a piece of hardware from such a thing. Signed by guys that do sound. Yeah. Now that exactly. Commodore 64 has no sound. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I could... Yeah. If someone got upset with me about that, I could understand that. <laughs> but I needed a 8580 chip. Chucked that in there. Um, connected it all up to my TV. There was a little bit of uh, toing and froing, so you can't just plug it into a TV and off you go. You need to flash the three system ROMs. So there's the kernel ROM, character ROM, and one other. What's the other one? I'm looking at Matt. He probably um. doesn't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's sure. three ROMs, three system ROMs mm. you need to flash. Once you've done that, which is very easy because you just have it on a USB stick, you mm-hmm. boot it, you press a button, you flash the ROMs and then reboot and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, all worked fine, uh, but I did go into uh, a game and there was no sound. And I, oh. it took me a little while to work out why I was doing some, you know, looking on the internet and found that by default it routes sound via DVI, not HDMI. Okay. I don't, I don't know why it would do DVI? That. No. Yeah. I think you can do that. That's what it's set to. Right. So you need to go into the sound settings and say, route my sound through HDMI, please. Oh, maybe when maybe when it's you can select DVI as a sound output, there's an auxiliary sound output. Like it's just saying I'm using the DVI output, so send the sound out to whatever other sound output it has. Right. Rather than I'm using HDMI output, which can send the sound signal along with it. Yeah. It might be something to do with that, or yeah, maybe was, that's what it means. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it was expecting the sound to come out of the usual sound output on a Commodore 64, which no. it has. Okay. It has the output for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I changed that to HDMI. Sound suddenly came alive, so all good. Mm-hmm. Booted up um, The Last Ninja, of course. Mm-hmm. Need to test what it's like with The Last Ninja. Mm. I hear that's a good game. Mm. Yes. Pretty sure it it's a on very that good game. top 25 Commodore games list. It should be, because <laughs> it's a very good game. <laughs> uh, but I immediately noticed the sound didn't sound right. Yep. Um, and as I said, I oh. installed a physical 6581 SID chip, mm. which is the older version, and an 8580 SID chip. Mm. So I thought, there shouldn't be any issue with the sound. The sound mm. should sound perfect. It's using actual hardware. Yes. Mm. Um, but then doing some further research on the internet, I found out 
what that system is doing, even though it's set to auto-select the sound device, it's auto-selecting the emulated sound on the U64 for some reason. Oh. Which is, that seems like a weird thing to do, mm. even though you've installed physical chips. Can it, would it have the ability to detect the chips or know that they're there or? You tell it they're there. Okay. You go into the config and you say, on this slot, it's a 6581. On right. this slot, it could be another 6581, but mm. mine was an 8580. Mm. So you tell it they're there, mm. but it just ignores it and goes, oh, well, I'll use the mm. onboard emulated one. Yeah. And, you know, most people wouldn't notice the difference, but mm. I, I know that music really, really well, mm. and it just sounded off. Mm. So um, doing some research, found out I needed to turn off the emulated sound. Mm-hmm. So I did. Uh, reloaded the game, and the sound sounded a lot better. That's good. A lot better. And I thought, okay, this is really good. But then it just sounded a tiny bit still off. <laughs> I'm like, uh What's it doing? Yeah. And then realized with that auto selection of sound devices, okay, it can't choose the emulated one anymore. What it was doing was choosing the 8580, which is a physical SID chip, which is great. Mm. But again, it it was the later SID chip that doesn't quite sound right Mm. with the last Ninja. Mm -hmm. So I had to go in there and manually turn that one off, Mm. reboot the game, start it again, and then it sounded right. Mm-hmm. It was using the 6581, mm. the proper SID chip mm-hmm. of the era anyway. Mm. So, yeah, sounds perfect now. Cool. Sounds really, really good. That's nice. Like, yeah, something about that. I mean, I've, I've been learning a lot about the different uh, sounds from the different systems, specifically because of editing the podcast. I've been putting in music, obviously, as people will know who listen uh, and I know, and I've realized how much I am basically accustomed to like the Mega Drive um, audio that's in that system, mm-hmm. you know, because, and, and I'm starting to understand the characteristics of like Super Nintendo compared to Mega Drive. Like, I think the Super Nintendo sounds tend to be a lot softer and more classical kind of sounding. Yeah. Um, whereas the Mega Drive ones are a bit more modern, but they can be harsher but obviously it depends on the way it's programmed too Mm. uh and i definitely like it more but i think it is again because i'm just accustomed to it and so yeah it becomes about just having the right chips for that to to recreate that sound yeah uh yeah and that's one of the really amazing things about this thing is that you're physically putting in the chips Mm. that the original system used for the sound. That's pretty cool. So it's not emulation. It's using using the actual Mm. hardware. Mm. So Mm. it's pretty awesome. But I did find, like I said, it required a bit of manipulation to make it do what it was supposed to do. Yep. Which is a little odd, I guess. I mean, you'd think if you put in all this stuff, it would just go, oh, you've got the actual stuff there. Mm. I'll use that instead. Mm-hmm. But no, it didn't. But <laughs> anyway, that's all good. Um, mm. Ben said, uh, Matt, you bought the C65, right? No. You didn't buy it? Well, no. this is controversial. It was only about, what, 20,000 euro? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, is there anyone else that can piss off Ben tonight? <laughs> First of all, John doesn't know about Ben's columns records. Second of all, Matt didn't buy the C65. <sighs> I don't know. This life is just turning out to be disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Mark's asking, 6581, by the way, what's the advantage of the 6580? I think he means 8580, which is the later revision. I think the later revision 8580 was just cheaper to make. Is that um, your understanding, Matt? Or uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I know it runs on 9 volts instead of 12 volts. Right. So it could be something that's easier to do like that. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it, but I was assuming cheaper. And if it runs on less power, then mm. maybe that's a thing. Yeah. But it definitely sounds different. But there are also, there's a couple of games that are programmed specifically for the 8580 and they sound much better on the 8580. But most of them on the 6581, the original SID chip, sound better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, that's all up and working. By the time I got it up and working, it was 2 a.m. So I went to bed. So I haven't actually played it properly yet. <laughs> but I'm pretty happy it's all up and running and working and doing its stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, the other thing is that there's just so much to configure in that system. It's it's kind of amazing. Mm. Like Even the power LED has about 15 different options. Um and you can connect multiple LEDs to it as well. But the setting that I've got it to at the moment is that when you turn it on, the power's the the power light is on. I mean, that sounds obvious. But then, whenever there's disk access, it turns off. So you can see if it's flashing away, it's actually accessing the the you know the sort of rerouted disk mm-hmm. inside the system itself, which is really handy to see if the system's doing something. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times with the Commodore sixty four. You might be loading a game for five minutes. Mm. You don't know whether it's crashed. Mm. Whereas at least if you can see that disc light flicking away, mm. you know it's doing something. Mm. Mm. So that's really cool. <laughs> so you can set it to just show disc mm. access. You can set it to show access to USB, mm. um, the network, mm. all those sort of things. Mm. So it's pretty cool. It's funny these things. Like when you go back to this old hardware, you forget about all of these quality of life improvements, mm. you go back and you go, oh, that's right. I couldn't do that before when I was using this old thing. Mm. <laughs> yep. You know, like I just had to be patient and just trust that the right thing was happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty exciting. Uh, Mark's just posted a picture of a bunch of chips that he's got lying around that, you know, he can give to me one day if he feels like it. If he's like Ben, he'd just give it to us for free. Mm-hmm. What is there? There's a 6581, 6510. Is that the CPU? Yeah. Right. What's the other one? 251913? I don't know what that is. And the little uh, ECP gold-plated thing that's a uh do you remember ecp the budget 
software distributor uh, back on the Commodore 64? Really. Okay. They release budget stuff. A couple of good games here and there. So, yeah, that's about it. Mm. Cool. I think that might do us. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, I have to scroll down to our closing notes. Just looking at all the games I have that I really want to play that I just don't have time to play. <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> like Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah. That's meant to be quite good. Yeah. Really good, in fact. The last time I played that was the first PAX that I went to in 2015, 2016, in line, waiting for something. Hmm. Hmm. All right, we're going to close out the podcast. Thanks for listening to mm-hmm. the game. To blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. And now the Discord channel. Mm. Please do join. We've got heaps of people in there, knowledgeable people like Mark Williams. He will fact check us live now. <laughs> Um, check the show notes for the link to the Discord channel. Uh, you can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. Mm. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John twitches over at twitch.tv <laughs> slash Huego. Yep. H-W-A-Y-G-O. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you do? Look. Right. Matt lurks in the background. Mm. Mm-hmm. Watching you. Yes. And others. Please rate us on iTunes. That helps us a lot. Uh, And that's it. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.